Hey, good morning. It's Pastor Caleb at CWC in Winston-Salem, and it is Good Friday. Um, we are at the um, the rough part of Holy Week, but coming to the end of it. Uh, today our text is John 18, verses 1 through 14. John 18, verses 1 through 14. After Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas bought, brought a detachment of soldiers together with the police from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, Whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Whom are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and had a sword. Uh, excuse me, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, "Put your sword back into its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me?" So the soldiers, their officer, and the Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. This is the word of the Lord. So, we are at Good Friday, the day that we remember the crucifixion of God, or the crucifixion of Jesus. And this text, the betrayal and arrest of Jesus, is, is such a... Uh, it's such a tough text for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's hard to see Judas just flat out betray Christ. And um, it's just tough to read because, you know, as an observer from the outside, it's just how could you? You know, how could you? But let's dive into a couple of the pieces of this scripture. First off, when Jesus answers them about, um, who is he? Or, excuse me, that they're looking for Jesus and he answers, I am he, and they're all just pushed to the ground. This image is is just amazing. Just the speaking of I am pushes this crowd to the ground. And in the Greek, it's very specific. We, we translate it as I am he, but in the Greek, it is just I am. And it is very intentional that he is referencing the name of God. You know, I am. You know, God's name is I am who I am. And Jesus is saying, I am. So he's saying, I am God. I am he. And, you know, at the utterance of his name, everyone is just knocked to their knees. You know, they're just bowing in submission, essentially. And then the, the second part of this that I think is worth noting in this short space is what Simon Peter does. You know, Peter draws his sword and he's he's ready to fight. He's ready to cut this. He cuts this guy's ear off, but he's ready to go to his death to defend Jesus at this point. You know, we've speculated and talked about this as pastors, as a church, for generations. And I don't think that Peter's 
intent here is bad. I think he's trying to protect Jesus, and I think that he is truly ready to die for Jesus. But what Jesus does is very interesting in the sense that he is not interested in a, in a fight. He's not interested in armed insurrection. Jesus is doing something different. He's been trying to show them that he's doing something different for quite a while, but it's hard to see. So up until the last moment, Peter is still pushing for this worldly kingdom where Jesus overthrows the Romans. And he's ready to fight and die for it. I think often, especially in American Christendom, which is just like the American influence and political and powerful influence of the Christian, the Western Christian church in America, we have a very similar attitude of Peter. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's not that it's bad that we're willing to go and fight for what we believe and to defend the name of Jesus. But Jesus is very clear. He doesn't need you to take up a sword and fight. He needs you to live a life honoring the kingdom. And that's often not with a sword. Very rarely is it with a sword, actually. It's full of grace and love and mercy and turning the other cheek and not being weak, not being submissive, being bold and being faithful and being truthful. But at the same time, it doesn't very often look like violence. That's hard, especially because we are, we're human. We live in the world and we live in an earthly kingdom that is violent and exerts its will on the world by violence. And here we are with a faith that says, no, there's a better way. It doesn't have to be with a sword. Again, I'm not a pacifist. I'm not a person who believes that there is no justification for defending yourself or to you know to use military power to bring about good but i am telling you that is not the first reaction of the people of god it should not be the primary reaction of the people of god the primary reaction should be exactly what jesus does to give yourself in full submission of furthering the kingdom and that's usually through grace love and mercy If you have a strong desire to go and fight all the time, maybe you should think about why is that? Do you have a full picture of the kingdom? Do you have a full picture of what Jesus has done here? And again, not that it's not right in some instances to be ready to fight and die, but it's usually not the first thing. All right. Hey, I'm praying for you. I'll see you tomorrow. Grace and peace.